You know, I think in pro sports, especially when we go to Carolina Hurricanes games a lot, they need to start using some more pro wrestling entrances. Absolutely. I told you that my Absolutely. my idea at a Canes home game is that when Adam Lee Decker finishes the national anthem, that Edge's theme music just starts just popping off. On this day. Yeah, exactly. I see clearly. I think it'd be fantastic. I think it'd be awesome. Yeah, but, but Chris, when we talk about the Hurricanes, that, that's an in-arena experience. But we know with, with sports nowadays is that a vast majority of us watch it from home. And something that is coming up for the Carolina Hurricanes and really a lot of NHL teams is where are you going to watch these games? How are you going to watch these games? For example, the Carolina Hurricanes, you want to watch a regular season game. If it's not on ESPN, if it's not on Turner or TNT, the way you watch is through Bally Sports. That's the way to watch it. Now, I know there's some people that might use the VPN and watch it through ESPN Plus, all that kind of stuff. They're, they work around it that way. But to watch it here locally, you have to have Bally Sports. And Bally Sports, which is owned by Diamond Sports Group, which is a subsidiary of Sinclair Broadcasting as a whole, they're, they're in a lot of financial trouble. They oh, filed for man. Chapter 11 bankruptcy. They also have a lot of regional sports deals with Major League Baseball and NBA teams. For example, Charlotte Hornets, also part of Bally. The Atlanta Braves, which I know there are a lot of Braves fans here, all part of Bally Sports. Well, there's been a judge and a ruling regarding legal action that we are seeing from teams including the Arizona Diamondbacks, the Cleveland Guardians, the Minnesota Twins, and the Texas Rangers about how Diamond, basically Bally Sports, needs to fully pay them throughout this season. Why is that significant? Because... (laughs) A, it's they the have, money. They haven't been paying things. They haven't been paying things <laughs> on, on but, a regular basis this year. But Bally, for a lot of a lot of regional sports networks, or for a lot of teams that they sponsor with, basically has been just giving the broadcast rights back to the teams. Hey, hey, look, no obligation to us. Here you go. Like you guys can go do your own thing, whatever it is. I'm wondering if we're going to see that here at the Carolina Hurricanes. But as us as fans, how are we going to be able to watch these things? So this is something that I know NHL teams are starting to prepare for, Chris, in the sense that they might be looking already and talking with other other media outlets about where they can broadcast their games. Because once again, if no one can watch your games, you're not making any money. That right. doesn't help you at all. One of the things that you just said that right here, and it's very important to, to think about this. That's one of the reasons why WREL yep. ended up having, and just a peel you guys behind the curtain, ended up having the post-game show for the Carolina Hurricanes when they were in the series versus the Florida Panthers. Mm-hmm. It was available. Why was it available? Bally didn't want to pay for it. Yeah. Because Bally has missed a lot of payments this year, including a $140 million payment. was the first one they missed uh, you know, for some of their debts back in March, I believe yeah. it was. Mm-hmm. So like, Bally is in a lot of financial trouble. Diamond Sports Group specifically, uh, the group that owns uh, Bally. So this will definitely change a lot. So don't be surprised uh, if some of your teams, your favorite teams, are, are going to be a little bit harder to find next season. Well, I think that's the you hit the, nail, you hit the nail on the head right there. Harder to find. This is something that's been frustrating for not only Carolina Hurricanes fans, mm-hmm. but a lot of fans across the country in terms of, for example, Bally with Carolina Hurricanes, you had to have Spectrum or ATT Uverse, remember correctly, that's the only way you can really watch unless you bought in on the Bally Sports app. And I know there are plenty of people 
who hated the operation of that app. Like, it was crashing. It would just malfunction. Things would freeze all the time. I know a lot of people were frustrated with that app. Like, why am I going to pay $20 more for something that really isn't that efficient? I refuse to to buy that. And I don't blame blame people one bit for that. Did you buy it? No, I didn't. Okay. No, because I had different access. Uh, with my other job. I know I did because while I was working, yeah, you, it's, you it's a there. Di- different yeah. story. I was there. So, I trust me, I saw all the tweets. But the frustration for a lot of fans is, okay, I want to tune in. They might hear about, oh, the Canes are on a hot run, or I just kind of want to kind of casually tune in and watch a game. They don't know where to find it. And I think this is something that for us as fans, Chris, people that consume these, uh, these games, if it's harder for us to access, how do you expect a fan base to grow? Well, here's one thing I also, you know, also put out there. I can't remember the name of it, but the owner who owns, uh, the guy who owns the uh, the Washington Wizards, he also owns oh, the Ted Washington Leonis. Capitals. Like Ted he's, he's buying uh, the NBC Sports Group Washington. Yeah, he did in that area, and so that is probably going to, I guess, at some point, going to be renamed or whatever. I, well, it's Monumental Sports Network. So I, I think so. Maybe something like that could happen here in North Carolina or other places, right? Instead of having this national conglomerate, which is was the RSN, the Regional Sports Network, which uh, had the name of Bally Sports, maybe you start having more of these independently owned regional networks starting to pop up. Maybe that's what we're going to end up seeing here because now it's a different business opportunity. Makes you wonder how maybe David Tepper, Tom Dundon, Michael Jordan may decide to try to work together to try to make that, particular thing happen so they can also control their own product and make more money off of their own product i don't know i i don't know how tepper with the panthers is because that's a national deal that the nfl has so that's different but because, mls though like he well he that's has the, that's 100 percent all yeah. with apple tv so that that's that's exclusive with apple television um so that's how those leagues are operated right now uh because they don't have rsn's so the regional sports networks really impact Major League Baseball, the NBA, and the NHL. And maybe it's Dundon and whomever purchases the my, the majority stake from Michael Jordan and the Charlotte Hornets, and they put together something to make it available to fans. But you have to make sure yeah. this is where Bally really failed. And I say truly failed because they limited their scope on where they actually put their channel. Right, And this is something that they – wanted a certain price point from YouTube TV, Hulu TV. They wanted a certain price point. YouTube TV and Hulu TV weren't willing to pay it. Right. Okay, so guess what? You got nothing out of that. And guess what? Now you're even in more financial stress than what you were before. So maybe it is Dundon. And, again, right now it's Michael Jordan. Again, whomever might buy, buy the majority stake of that. That is something that we might see where you can find Hornets and Kane's games on a different network. Now, where does that network live, that channel live? Who knows? But it does a disservice to your fans if you limit the access. I think that, you know, if, if anybody's smart, if you start a channel like that, uh, you want that to live on local cable. You also want to strike whatever deal you can with YouTube TV, Hulu, to all the things that you name yes. and whatever streaming services so people can have that. I'm one of the people who decided to cut the cord from cable back in uh, 2018, 2019. Oh, yeah, I cut it a long time ago. And, and got YouTube TV and haven't turned back since. And uh, and that's going to be the way of the future for a lot of people. So that's something that, uh, that people are going to have to get with, mm-hmm. including watching 
alternate programming on a second stream or or a second screen or whatever. And and that's something that WWE is starting to do as well. And, and you told me about this earlier today, Dennis. Yeah, so WWE has reached a partnership. Again, this is what the trends of how people are now are consuming media. The WWE has reached an agreement with Twitch for basically a second screen experience during Monday Night Raw. And that actually starts today. And the reason why they're doing it is because you're reaching a younger audience. The 70% of the Twitch audience is under the age of 34. Mm -hmm. 40% is under the age of 24. Now, we've actually seen the NWSL actually does have some matches that do occasionally scream on Twitch. Mm -hmm. So, okay, good for being out there. NWSL has some different issues in and of itself in terms of marketing how to actually find their games. But nevertheless, WWE and Twitch have partnered together on a multi-year deal where they can have exclusive content there. That second screen watching experience might be able to actually watch the shows and stuff that way. Because you you have kids. I don't. But I know for us, appointment and live viewing is a thing. Or we're, was a thing. It, it's a thing. It, we, we, we were programmed for that, right? Like we were. when we were little and, and Bobby's World was going to come on Saturday mornings at, at 9 o'clock, whatever mm -hmm. that's going to be, we knew we had to be up in front of our television so we could watch that or at least set our VCR so we could record that. Make sure the TV's on the right channel before you turn exactly. it off and all that so you could be able to watch it later if you weren't going to be home. My daughter is six years old. She has no concept of that whatsoever. There's no concept of... I've got to be in front of my TV at this time. She doesn't get that. Like, I remember she was asking me, can we watch wrestling? Is Bianca Belair going to wrestle right now? And it was like in mid-afternoon, like, baby, that comes on later on at 8 o'clock. Mm -hmm. You know, and because right now she has no concept of that because everything she watches through her iPad, she can access it whenever she wants through the YouTube Kids app or the PBS Kids app and other things that she looks at. And so this is also mm -hmm. going to be big for WWE it's because people like my daughter and everybody else's daughter and son out there who uh, doesn't have that concept of appointment television, they're going to be able to access their content whenever they want, especially through Twitch. And I know a lot of media companies, for example, ESPN slash you know Disney, ESPN, ABC, uh, whether it be NBC Universal, Fox, CBS. Uh, because CBS is part of Paramount, which has the NWSL and Paramount mm -hmm. Plus, uh, Warner Discovery, which is TNT, TBS, all that. Their deals that they have with the NHL, the NBA, uh, AEW Wrestling. So we see these big networks pay for live events because live events, again, live events being sports, sports entertainment, whatever it might be, that's the thing that people, you have to tune into mm -hmm. and watch right there. But Ten years ago or so, when Twitter really started coming about, is when we started seeing things really evolve in terms of that second screen experience. Yeah. WWE Network came out about ten years ago. Like, yeah. wait a second, there's this app where I can watch these game or watch live pro wrestling and see this back catalog of all these other things. That took off ten years ago. Now what do we have? We have Peacock. We have Disney Plus. We have all these other things that all started with WWE Network set that foundation 10 years ago. So this is the trend of where things are going. And it kind of, I will admit, it kind of scares me where it's going in the sense that are we going to lose fans over time? Because, again, not having easy access to stuff. Do I need to subscribe to 10 different things just to watch the things I want to watch? There's going to be another correction at some point. Like At some point, there's going to be another correction, and, and more things are going to um, kind of come together 
And eventually somebody's going to have the idea of cable once again, where you get everything all oh, in one package. That. Everything you in know, one just, place. Just kind of the same way that you know podcasting has done with talk radio. It's like people can sit together and talk. Yeah. But it just it was different on how you consumed it and where you consumed it. So I think we're gonna have another correction. But here's here's one of the things that you brought up that's very interesting. Um, this is how I remember when the WWE Network was launched. I was married to my wife in January 9th, twenty fourteen, mm-hmm. in Orlando, Florida. That night, I went to an NXT WWE taping. Okay. <laughs> and they were doing their their advertisements coming February twenty fourth. 2014, the WWE Network. That's how I remember it, right? And it made me think of how sports and pro wrestling has always been kind of on the forefront of how we do watch television, right? Yeah. So think about it from the early days. You have this new visual medium. What are you going to put on it? Well, the guys who were in the carnival said, hey, let's put a camera here to show what we're doing in our fights and now let's put it on TV. Now people are more starting to come into those fights a little bit more. Mm -hmm. Oh, wait a minute. Now we're getting a bigger audience. We can do more things with storylines. We can drive the drama a little bit more. And now that could start to fuel bigger live events, and we can go to Dorton Arena and sell that out and have 8,000 fans in Dorton Arena. You know what I'm saying? Like yeah. that's, that's kind of how things kind of um, uh, uh, progressed. And then when pay-per-view came out, what, what did like WrestleMania and Starcade and you know, Survivor Series, SummerSlam, those events really started the whole thing of, appointment watching that you would pay for yeah premium watches right then of course boxing gets on 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 uh like hbo big things you know, like things that. like Showtime. that then you have uh then you have uh, you know mma they started doing that as well wwe goes to the streaming method 10 years almost 10 years ago and now you see ufc starting to do something similar with espn plus mm-hmm. and so you other, see the zone all those all kinds of, of things fight tv so it's it's all coming together, and so wrestling and sports has really been on the forefront of how we watch television, and it makes me wonder if they're going to get on board with the new way that we're going to watch things through what was released today, or what we talked about today, the Apple Vision Pro. Yeah. For those who don't know, it's <laughs> Apple released or had a presentation today of all this different stuff, iOS 17, new new products, and one of them is basically these goggles where you can watch live sports and do your work from your basically your MacBook Pro or your iPhone through these goggles and everything and it's it's they they call it mixed reality. Yes, it's, mixed reality. Of, instead of having augmented reality where you put it on goggles and you're completely immersed in that and you don't know what's going on around you. Mm-hmm. And we've seen the videos of people doing crazy things, swinging stuff and running into things and hurting themselves. This Apple Vision Pro is actually goggles that you can see out of yeah, and if somebody comes in your line of vision, that you can see that through the goggles as you are, you know, immersed in you know editing some video or you know uh, being a part of a pre- presentation or whatever it is. And they also announced that they have a deal with Disney. Yes, so now you can watch Disney Plus and some of the things that Disney is going to put out through those goggles, which will give you a different type of reality. Uh, than what we're normally used to, seeing things in 3Ds. And you're being able to watch through FaceTime, through the goggles with somebody else so you can watch it with them when you're not there together. Let's say if you have a long-distance relationship and you want to watch a movie. And we already know that's going to impact sports because a lot of arenas have started to input ways that you can kind of immerse yourself into the action there where it feels like you're on the court. And that seems like a great place to introduce that 
<laughs> with sports in, in, in one of these uh, one of these goggles with Apple Vision Pro. Things are changing right before us, and it's it's scary because we don't know where that change is going, yeah. and um, there's no one truly steering the ship, which makes things pretty difficult. That's Chris Lee, Dennis Cox here with you this afternoon on 99.9 The Fan. We talk about courtside or or going to live sporting events. See, the NHL Stadium Series is actually going to be doing two games at MetLife Stadium in 2024. Two games! So we have the <laughs> Devils and the Flyers, and we have the Rangers and the Islanders, at MetLife Stadium and exactly in New Jersey. I 100% agree with you. Clearly, the stadium series at Carter Finley, Chris, was so good that they had to resort to this. <laughs> I mean, we, we'll get into this a little bit because we had at Wakeman Soccer Park the soccer tournament, right? Like a true unique event. Yeah. And it was a hit. We'll hear some audio from John McGar, the, the head of the, the soccer tournament, who spoke with Adam Gold earlier today. About they want to come back here to Wake Med. They want to come back here to carry these experiences because that's really what the stadium series was. It was an experience, right? You were there. I was there. I was very fortunate to enjoy that game. And I know 60,000 or so people were there. Right. It was a unique experience. But at what point do we overdo those, if that makes sense? Like the fact that you go are going from Carter Finley in a college football environment NHL yeah. to, well, let's just put our New York area teams plus the Flyers, and we'll throw them at an NFL stadium just outside New York City. That doesn't sound appealing at all. Well, here's what I think possibly the NHL NHL was thinking. They came to Raleigh, saw how big it was in this area, saw how big the viewership was in this area. They saw the tailgating and all that. It was a different type of take on the stadium series and what they probably seen in other markets. Yeah. And they thought, let's take this to a, a bigger market, the biggest market. Well, they've done and, and let's And let's have these – and I know they've done it before, but let's do it here and let's double it up and maybe hoping they'd get the same kind of yeah. – um, the like, same kind of reaction that they got in Raleigh from the New York area. Now let's just take all of our teams and put it together. Well, they've done New York – they've done Yankee Stadium, so it's been done before. But – but baseball what's stadiums bigger? are terrible. But what's bigger? Well, Met that stadium Life is stadium. bigger. That stadium's bigger, Make but you've it a done bigger it in thing. that market. And do and do and do two uh games back to back. Yeah, I can't wait to not watch those. <laughs> That's all I'm gonna say. I can't wait to not watch those. Islanders are boring. Philly stinks. And obviously the Rangers are overrated. So what's the point? Like the, I, Devils are pretty good. Oh yeah, the Devil exactly. That's why yeah. I didn't I didn't trash them because the Devils <laughs> are pretty good. But my point being this is that you really think you're going to recreate what happened at Carter Finley Stadium and the success of that at MetLife? No, nah, you ain't going to have any of that culture and, and, and the, what this market brings, what this area brings in terms of these these premium events. Ain't going to happen up there. I, I'm sorry. A two nights at MetLife Stadium in New Jersey in February doesn't sound anywhere near appealing to me. But that's what a lot of people were saying about Raleigh, though, ahead of time. And some people were saying it even afterwards. I can't remember the guy's name, but... He works for Bally, but he basically was kind of trashing the experience at uh, Carter Friendly Stadium before the game, right? He's like, had to come to North Carolina for this. The weather is not where you want it to be. It's a college stadium. I don't really know about this. I don't know if this is going to be anything at all. It's the Hurricanes. It's the Capitals. Capitals not as good. You know what I'm saying? Like yeah. people, people kind of had that same reaction about it being in North Carolina, right? And and when it's not a part of the original six. When it's not in the Northeast, when it's not in Canada, it just or not a a stadium that you uh, feel 
a lot of great memories or feel strongly about, like Wrigley Field or something like that, then it seems boring to other people. And so maybe the NHL saw that what the success could have been here, the way it came up here, and maybe they want to bring it to a higher level when you go to the number one market in the United States. Yeah, I don't see it happening at all. It's basically one of the best ones that actually took place was in Ann Arbor. Yeah, yeah. At the big yes. house where they had Detroit yes. play against Toronto. Yes. Two original 16s, but they put it in a college football environment. Yes. And it's amazing how it turned out. It was it was one of the most cool experiences I saw on television. But maybe that should be the thing. College environments instead of the professional stadiums. Continue to underrate and underappreciate the state of North Carolina, and we continue to prove people wrong, Chris. It's very true. That's very true. We do. Um, Once again, our biggest rival as Carolina Hurricanes fans is the national media. (laughs) Speaking of that really quick, uh, our very own WRL sports investigative journalist, uh, uh, Brian Murphy, he expects uh, the state to fully pass uh, sports gambling this week. So either coming Tuesday or Wednesday at some point this week. And then after that, Governor Roy Cooper have 10 days uh, to sign it into law. Uh, we have a, a few minutes left. Dennis, quick thoughts on oh, it's gonna happen. sports gambling. and But what do you think the impact is going to be here in the state of North Carolina? Do you of... think people will take to it? Oh, absolutely. Well, here's the thing. In one of the reasons why they've talked about adding casinos uh, there's actually one they're talking about putting out just north of the triad for the reason why is that in Danville, Virginia, they yeah. put a, they put in a casino right there. You know where like most of the money, but I know people that have actually gone there, you look at the license plates, you know where most of them are from? North Carolina. Absolutely. So yeah, like of course people are going to take to it. I mean, they Danville, already are. Danville's right there on the border anyway. Exactly. So it's, you know, and, and so it's easier for people to access here in North Carolina. I want to say... They project in about five years that the state of North Carolina, in terms of tax revenue, hundred plus million dollars in five years. Hundred plus million dollars per year. We need that. We need that. Straight up. Well, yeah. Because they're hey, put that put that all over the place. Oh, people are going to take to it already. I guarantee you. There are people that already from here in the Triangle drive up I eighty five. Yeah. Crossover into Virginia. Open up a mobile sports betting bet because it's geofence. You're in the state of Virginia. Open up some sports betting apps. Make your bets, and they drive back. I mean, you already uh, for for the state of North Carolina, like there's already places. And when we talk about like how what it'll do for the tax revenue, there are still bridges that were built in the 1950s that we need to update. They still haven't yeah. been updated along uh, interstates. So yes, we need all the money we can get.